Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you about our CloudSpot full frame camera giveaway. Head over to artivisuals.com and look on the right hand side of our website. You will see a large red graphic that says win a full frame camera. Make sure to enter. It's completely free. All you have to do is download a free trial of CloudSpot. It's an amazing, amazing software program that allows you to host beautiful galleries, deliver them to clients, sell your digital prints as well, sell physical prints as well. It's really awesome. Check it out. You won't regret it. And dude, you can win a full frame camera. We're talking 5D Mark IV, Nikon D850, like a Sony A7R2, whatever you want in that range. It's epic. Make sure to enter. And now for today's episode. Today's guest grew up in Bowen Island. Emmett has spent countless hours exploring the forests, meadows, and beaches with his camera, traveling the world to places such as the Middle East, Asia, Europe, and South America have given him new perspectives on the power of photography. Photography and filmmaking have opened up many opportunities for Emmett, from forming new friendships to amazing adventures. Always on the lookout for the next great shot, Emmett can't wait to see where everything will take him next. Emmett, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, Prince. I'm stoked. Dude, how are you, man? I'm good. Yeah. First of all, I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but let them know. <laughs> I <a> wish. Little, <laughs> let, them, let them know a little inside info. Let them know a little bit more about yourself. I'm Emmett Sparling. I'm a travel adventure photographer based out of Vancouver, Canada. I've been taking photos for around five years now. I don't know. I love traveling. I play soccer. I, I just like having a good time and adventuring going outside yeah i love it that sounds like a good life so (laughs) (laughs) how did you get into photography emmett um so actually in my family i have three photographers both my uncles are professional photographers uh one's like a wedding photographer and one's more of like a filmmaker and then my mom she has a background in photography she went to art school and so back in the day i was sitting around the house one day just bored and my mom's like, why don't you take my camera and just go wander around the garden or something? So she had an old Canon 7D, which is like pretty sick camera for a beginner. And so she gave me her camera and I just went outside in the backyard and started taking photos. And there's awful photos, but... <laughs> so, so your first photograph was like a sunflower? It was like probably just some tree bark or something. <laughs> a foxglove, maybe. I don't know. Dude, that's yeah. so awesome. I actually started by taking bug photos, like macro photography of insects. Dude, like, I almost made a joke about that. <laughs> no, like literally that's what I was doing for the first like two years of my photography career. <laughs> so like eventually I bought myself a Canon T4i uh, Rebel and... I got a macro lens and just started taking photos of bugs. <laughs> so I've never, I've never met anyone that started off their journey taking macro photos, <laughs> but that's so neat. It just reminded me. So I have like this Olo, I have like a little macro lens from yeah. clip, and I, dude, I love macro photography. It's seriously like the right subject. It's seriously so fascinating. Yeah, it's super cool. Things like that. Yeah, it's probably the most tedious type of photography ever trying to chase a fly around 
<laughs> trying to chase a fly around a bush or something and trying to get like within two centimeters of this fly is just basically impossible. So it's just so hard. Dude, but, do you, so do you think I, I find that so fascinating that you started out in macro photography? Do you think that helped you become a better photographer once you got into like landscapes and, and, and adventure photography and things like that? Yeah, I think because when you're doing macro photography, you basically you have to really know how to use your camera. So it kind of forced me to really figure out what was going on with my camera. I would just stay up late Googling things and like watching YouTube tutorials until I knew the little Rebel T4i, like the back of my hand. And then eventually I saved up enough to get a Canon 60 and that it's fundamentally all cameras are basically the same. It's just, they just get slightly more complicated. So I think it did help me become a better landscape photographer in the end. But like I was always taking landscape photos. I just wasn't really... I don't know. I wasn't as passionate about landscape photography back then, but right, yeah, because I went from bugs to portraits, and then I did portraits for a really long time until this year. And look at you, yeah. stud from flies to the ladies to the mountains. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so do you print your your photography? I had an art show back in the day, twenty fifteen, um, and that was a whole bunch of printed photos, but. It's just such a hassle. Actually, I won a big fancy printer in a photo contest once, so I could print my photos really nicely if I wanted to. It's just the ink is super expensive, so I've never really gotten around to it. Gotcha. And so you, you said it's kind of a pain in the butt to print. So yeah, what what part of it's a pain? Like if someone orders a print, you have to print it, and then if they don't want it framed, you just ship it to them. But you have to like get the paper. You have to sort out all the printer setting. You have to like print it at least three or four times to get it right to like calibrate it, and then uh, you have to frame it if they want it framed. And I don't know. Gotcha. So you'd probably be more <laughs> inclined to print if there was like someone that handled all that stuff. If all you oh, do yeah. is just send the file, like you're much more. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Tell us a little bit more about your story. So you started out shooting bugs because that's cool and then then you started you got heavy into fashion yeah i was shooting fashion for a year and a half maybe which feels like a really long time when you're doing it every single day that was all with my 60 and i was shooting that just like non-stop until my 60s shutter count was so high that the shutter broke so it's the so the 60s rated for one hundred and twenty thousand shutter Accumulations and it broke at four hundred fifty thousand, which was like got some it was like out of that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was around three hundred photos a day since I had bought it. So wow, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, and that happened. Being, that happened two days before you went to Mexico, right? Yeah, that did happen two days before I went to Mexico for a month. So tell us that story real quick, because <laughs> so I was shooting a corporate job it was just for a it was for a glass tile company and it was just like a in a light box just some tiles set up i think we had like a orange cut in half or something to add some artsiness or whatever and then it just made this horrible sound and just like stopped taking photos and came up with an error message so i take off the lens and like little bits of the broken shutter just fall out 
<laughs> like all the blades are crossed and it's just like oh man and so it was like a it was a 400 dollars repair if the sensor wasn't scratched from the shutter breaking so i took it into the repair shop but it would have taken too long to repair they couldn't do it in two days and so this glass tile company that i was shooting for um one of the head people at the tile company really like solving problems and he just like he gets his buzz from just like sorting out people's problems and he loves it <laughs> and so he sorted out this deal where i they the company would pay for a new camera for me if i gave them the equivalent amount of work so i wanted the 5d mark IV because it's sick <laughs> but it's like <laughs> but it's five grand so i couldn't afford that at the time so they paid for it and basically i owed them five grand in videos so once i got back from mexico oh yeah i upgraded <laughs> big time <laughs> i love that but then but you I, also got in bed with the company that you didn't even yeah. want to work for once <laughs> so, <laughs> well so i got back from mexico and i had to do all this work for a glass tile company and I'm actually still, I've been so busy, I'm actually still doing work for them. Like, I have to edit a video for them today. <laughs> Dude, I love hearing that. You got to post some of this glass tile work to your IG. So we can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Interstyle glass. Dude, that's so yeah. great. That's so great. So, uh, a few more questions just around <laughs> photography. Uh you know, who are some of the, who are some of the photographers that inspire you, whether it's past, present, Instagram, out of Instagram, whatever. Do you know Jason Charles Hill? I do. He's really sick. His photos are just mind blowing. I've never seen someone able to use a 400 mil so well. (laughs) Like, yeah, his landscape stuff is crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His reflections are really sick too. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. Yeah. I also like, do you know Beejamin? um yep he's sick he's like oh my god his stuff is more almost fine art rather than you can almost you can tell there's a lot of photoshop in there but it's so well done that it's just like you can tell his house must be like the nicest thing to just sit there because it's probably he just has such a good understanding of negative of negative space Mm -hmm. and like just layout of things he's probably just got the most like satisfying house (laughs) <laughs> so what do you so obviously like you post a certain type of art but like do you because obviously he's a fine art photographer like dude, i love yeah. fine art photography i yeah. think it's so so cool like are you like what other like what are you f- a fan of that you don't necessarily like shoot yourself but you really enjoy yeah definitely fine art photography like i have no it's so hard to do <laughs> no interest in doing that at the moment i so when i was shooting portraits my friend pointed out to me, like, he looked at my saved folder, and it was just all adventure landscape stuff. Literally no portraits in my saved folder. He's like, dude, why aren't you shooting landscapes if these are clearly the photos that you're inspired by? And I was like, that's so true. And so I started shooting more landscape stuff, and I'm definitely enjoying it a lot more. Because I think at a certain point, you start to run out of ideas for portraits. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you not run into that with landscapes? Well, you just have to keep going to cool places and then, I don't know. Landscapes are kind of exciting because a lot of times it's just like you're looking for the, like, it's like, cool, I get it. This mountain's been shot yeah. 
tons. A, that doesn't matter. I still want to, you know, yeah, I still see, see this see thing yeah. and take an image for myself. But then you can also find unique angles. It's like, all right, cool. I got this. But now it's like, let's go find some really unique perspectives. Yeah, like Rainbow Mountain. That was slightly easier because it's only been open to public for a year. But it was still, if you look at photos of Rainbow Mountain in Peru, it's all the same angle, same viewpoint. We know who inspires you now as far as photography goes. Let's hop into what is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to you like during a photo shoot? First thing that comes to mind is, so I did this family shoot maybe a year and a half ago. It was just the most chaotic thing. So there were four kids and three adults. So it was parents and then the aunt. So three of the kids were the couple's kids and then one of them was their cousin. So the aunt's kid. And these kids were just like swearing at their parents. And like two of the kids would be like swearing at their aunt, (laughs) just like yelling at her. These kids are all probably all under 12. (laughs) These are young kids. And then, so we were taking photos at the beach, and one of them picks up a starfish and sticks it down the shirt of another kid and just, like, gets the kid's shirt soaked and, like, there's a starfish in his pants. And, like, it was just the most chaotic thing. (laughs) It's like, or another one picked up two starfish, put them on his nipples, and was, like, then he had starfish prints on his shirt. And, like, trying to take family photos, and then I had to, like, erased the starfish prints <laughs> off his shirt and photoshop after and oh my god it was crazy that sounds chaotic yeah it was it was pretty chaotic but that's the first thing that comes to mind i don't know that's dude that's yeah like, that'd be stressful yeah. kids are wild man and that sounds <laughs> yeah. oh family photos so you're doing some family photo shoots huh oh yeah that's, dude. when i get home that's i don't know easy gigs to just pick up yeah Dude, absolutely. And I love that, bro. Like, I, I really appreciate your hustle. Like, you're not Hollywood and too fancy to, to, to like, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, you're not like, oh, I only do photo shoots, you know, in Peru or like, you know. <laughs> I wish, like, but. Yeah, dude, I go out and, and slay amazing images around the world and I come home and I'm like straight up doing family photo shoots and like oh, yeah, literally. working for this glass company doing product photography. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm just doing everything. Dude, that's really rad. Now that we know the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on one of your photo shoots um, and that you're an awesomely humble guy and uh, you're just down to do whatever you know needs to be done to, to get by. And I think that says a lot about you, dude, because I think a lot of photographers get they, – they lose that humble start and dude, they get fancy and they only yeah. want to work with brands and it's like and they complain about being broke. Because it's like, dude, it's because you won't go and work. Like you're too, (laughs) you're above normal work, and obviously not because you need money. So (laughs) yeah, get with it. But uh, let's talk about some traveling, man. Like you've been, you've been quite a few places. How many countries have you been to? I have no idea. In the past nine months, I went to Mexico three times, Southeast Asia, Hong Kong. I guess Hong Kong's in Southeast Asia, kind of. As in Peru, Czech Republic, Austria, as in Yellowstone National Park, Banff, Whistler, I don't know, Oregon Coast. You've been all over. Hawaii, yeah. And you got another trip coming up too, right? Yeah, on Sunday I leave for for Europe for a month and then 
Japan after that, and then maybe somewhere in China in the middle. But yeah, it's gonna be pretty crazy. That's <laughs> insane. So how do you, yeah. how do you afford all this travel? Honestly, so a lot of it is free through a tourism company will pay for me and a buddy to go down there and shoot for them and give them content and social media exposure and then they pay for a flight and accommodation and food but usually it's i book a trip and then get a whole bunch of brands on board and pay me to shoot their stuff in cool spots and around the world and so right now i have a contract with the blanket company sackcloth and ashes and they it's super helpful with them because I have a contract, so I know that I'll get paid for a job with them overseas. So I know I'll be making money when I travel. So I don't know. It's a little easier that yeah. way. Sometimes if I really want to go somewhere, I'll just pay for it all myself. But Gotcha. So you, yeah. you, you've learned how to leverage you know, what you're doing and stuff. And sounds like sometimes there's cash, sometimes there's trade out, but... Yeah, it all yeah. works. At the end of the day, you're getting to do what you love to do. It's yeah, travel is travel. And travel yeah, and have fun with your friends. So yeah, that's wicked. What part is there? Any part you don't like of it, or that is that you find difficult? So like, say you're gonna go on a trip and you're gonna hit up brands. You're like, cool, I'm going to Norway and I'm gonna hit up a bunch of brands. What do you like about reaching out to brands, and what don't you like? Is it like <laughs> hard? How many brands do you reach out to, and like how many actually get back to you? you yeah. Know? I probably should reach out to more brands. I don't reach out to a whole lot at the moment just because I have so much on my plate as it is. I usually just rely on the ones that I have contracts with already because that's the easiest way to do it. But it does get pretty crazy. I went to Hawaii for two weeks and then flew straight from Hawaii to the Oregon coast and did a road trip down the Oregon coast and then for like five days and then drove back to Vancouver for a day. I was home for a day and then I flew to Czech Republic. <laughs> so it gets super like you have to organize all that on top of emailing brands and it just gets so chaotic. And Yeah, no, absolutely. I bet. Yeah. What about, so you've been to all these amazing places. What's your favorite place you've been to and why? Oh man, Peru is sick just because you have the scenery mixed with the culture, like culture is super prominent and just the most insane mountains oh my god <laughs> i can't even describe how sick the mountains are there so let's let's jump into your story because you okay. have a cool story about peru and you also got a very rare photograph recently yeah from on top of rainbow mountain you may or may not have been the first guy to shoot sunrise there yeah our guide thinks we were but <laughs> I'm a little doubtful, but I don't know. It would be sick if we were. Yeah, dude, let's just own it. Let's run with that. Yeah, let's, let's run with it. <laughs> I'll take let's it. Claim to claim. Yeah, Emma's fine. First man to ever shoot sunrise on Rainbow Mountain. <laughs> dude, yeah, tell us that story. So Rainbow Mountain is this mountain in Peru that's got these mineral deposits on it. So it appears super stripy and literally looks like a rainbow. So it's got sulfur, iron, and copper deposits on it that make red, yellow, and green stripes. So it looks super cool. And the Peru government just opened it up last year to tourists, or they started advertising it as a tourist destination. And so there's not a whole lot of photos of it that are any good because A, it's at 17,400 feet, which is crazy high altitude. <laughs> and B, it's only been open for a year. And C, it takes, if you go from the tourist entrance, it's like a two-hour hike to get there 
at altitude and it only opens at 8 a.m way after the sun's risen and it's just everyone's shooting in broad daylight i don't know it's super crowded so my buddy phil and i he and i decided that we wanted to get a sunrise shot of it in order to do that we had to do a five-day trek through the andes to get behind the mountain so we could (laughs) so we could get there before the tourist entrance opens because that opens at eight and we wanted to get there you went on a five-day trek? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so uh, we needed to get there at 5 a.m. Tourist entrance opens at 8, so did the trek. We got to the base camp, which is about three hour, three or four hours away from the Rainbow Mountain, and that's at 16,000 feet. And so just to like, give you an idea of the altitude at 16,000 feet, you you like roll over in your sleeping bag and your heart's pounding and you're just like out of breath <laughs> from brushing your teeth. And like, <laughs> it's crazy. We wake up at midnight and we convince our guide to wake up with us at midnight to go hike to the mountain. He's like, you guys are crazy, but he's like the sickest guide ever. So he was like, all right, let's do it. So we wake up at midnight, start hiking and about halfway through at about 3am we were like, we're at, around 17,000 feet on the mountain, on the ridge that eventually leads to Rainbow Mountain. And this crazy blizzard just hits us, and it's just super windy and can hardly see in front of you, and it's just so cold. It's like minus 10 or 15 degrees Celsius with no wind chill, but there was a lot of wind. So, yeah, so we just hiked through that. We come around the corner, and there's like six big black horses just standing there staring at us, which is totally freaky. But <laughs> wild horses, yeah, just standing there. I was just like, Whoa, <laughs> there's like these huge silhouettes in the blizzard. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. That sounds like some Game of Thrones, dude. Oh, I wish I had, a, just... I wish I took a photo of it, but I was <laughs> no way I was taking out my camera. <laughs> but um, so we kept hiking. We got to Rainbow Mountain at 4 30 in the morning, so cold, just like, Oh my god and our guide so our guide left us there and hiked back to meet the other people in our crew to guide them to rainbow mountain so it took us three and a half hours to hike there and he hiked it back in 45 minutes (laughs) he is we called him frank the tank because his name is frank but he just like crushed it he's so fast so fit like he said he was just running he just ran the whole way (laughs) yeah crazy so phil and i are just up there sitting there shivering for like an hour and then finally the sun rose and it was just the most spectacular thing so worth it and then we were up there for like two and a half hours just by ourselves with nobody there broad daylight because no one got there till eight yeah no one got there till eight we were there from 4 30 dude that is beautiful that is it was so sick and the top of rainbow mountain is one of the only places in that part of the Andes with phone signal. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I went live for like a minute and then I like called my mom at 4 a.m. And like, You're like, Mom, look. I'm at 72,000 feet right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is insane. So, and all for that shot, basically. Like, you earn that. <laughs> yeah. You earn that shot. Oh, my God. Like, people need to know that. Like, it's like, guys, like, I didn't, like, take a helicopter up here and hop off and, like, take yeah. a few photos, hop on a helicopter and bounce. Like, this shot was five days in the making. This is five days of hard work, like, yeah. to get to that shot. It yeah, was it was, 
that's definitely the hardest I've gone for a single photo. <laughs> that's epic. For but that's sure. that's yeah. cool. What do you, what did you what do you think you learned from that trip like pushing yourself like that? I learned listening to music while hiking is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just takes your mind off it. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the most challenging thing I've ever done. Hiking at altitude. It's just, there's no way of really knowing what it's like until you actually do it. Uh, like if you go too hard, you get a headache and then you have to stop. Or our first couple days at altitude, I, I went a bit too hard and I lost feeling in both my arms. Like both my arms just went numb. <laughs> I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, but. That's, that's crazy. That yeah. sounds like a really, really awesome time though. Yeah, it was super fun. Where's your dream place to visit? I don't know. I There's another mountain range of Rainbow Mountains in China that looks really sick. Yeah, but it's really hard to get to because it's like right in the middle of China, um, and some you need a permit or something to go there. Bora, we, gotta Bora. The, we gotta get that <laughs> permit, bro. We gotta yeah, we go. Gotta get we gotta get the permit and yeah. be on our way. Yeah. Bora Bora looks really sick, but I'd only go for like a day or two because imagine I'd get bored pretty quickly. Yeah, just sitting there. The Maldives look cool, and I really want to go back to India. Why India? India is so sick. It's just the craziest place. <laughs> yeah, I, I, went, I keep hearing that. I need like I keep hearing it's India. insane. It's just epic. Yeah, I so I went there before I was into photography. So I have no photos of India. <laughs> it's just like oh, it's like the most photogenic place ever. What what's so special about it? Is it just like the culture and all the colors and the vibrancy yeah. of everything? Yeah, and... colors are crazy. Culture and then just the chaos of it like you're driving a little tuk-tuk which is like a three-person car thing and there's an elephant blocking the road and cows and herds of goats and like (laughs) a tractor coming at you in the opposite direction down the highway and i don't know (laughs) yeah if you're easily anxious this might not be the best place for you if you like to to plan anything don't go to india (laughs) (laughs) dude that's that's so great so when we talked earlier i remember you were telling me i want to hear some more travel stories because you've been to some cool places and you've done some cool things and and you've just had some really interesting experiences tell me about the 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 medieval nights that's medieval some medieval evenings hanging out with some serious characters like you you (laughs) find yourself in really interesting opportunities because yeah. you got paid to <laughs> yeah. do this stuff right like or at least yeah. your trip and everything was free and you just got to do like that's crazy yeah. tell me about that so okay so i was in mexico at the beginning of the year and i met these two guys from new york that run tours around the world and they make basically they make communities for artists around the world so they were on this little sandbar island in mexico that's where i met them and they were looking at property to start building one of their artist communities and so they were like hey we're running this tour in czech republic in august you should come we like your videos and stuff you should come film a video for us so i was like sweet that sounds sick turns out they're like these crazy burning man people they're burning man famous so (laughs) you go to burning man and they're like the most well-known people there and people take selfies with them and stuff and and so (laughs) they invite me to czech republic i go to czech republic to shoot this video of their tour and there's 14 people on the tour and they're all these the same kind of burning man fanatic like 
super creative, super like out of the box, wealthy. <laughs> like they're all like retired lawyers and architect or real estate agents and surgeons and stuff. And so some of the stuff they pulled off in Czech Republic was just nuts. So one evening we go for this nature walk in the afternoon and it leads to this hill with a big castle on top, like a castle ruin. We get to this castle ruin and there's like a field in front of the castle and they've roped off the entire field and there's this like feast picnic laid out for us and all the waitresses are dressed as fairies and they're dancing around in front of this castle ruin at sunset. <laughs> we just arrived there and just like, oh my God, like, well, I was like that at least, like, <laughs> what's happening right now? And yeah, another time they rented out the chateau in the countryside, like this big castle that sleeps like 50 people. And we had the whole thing to all 14 of us, just the whole thing to ourselves. And they hired this movie company to come in and dress everyone in medieval costumes. I was wearing this big gold coat and a fur fur coat over top of that with like a white curly wig and <laughs> it's so funny and we basically just strolled the grounds of the chateau like pretending we were in medieval times and like talking in funny accents and drinking champagne and wine and <laughs> then we had a medieval dinner and they were like they had live harp that's insane like, <laughs> that's so like it was crazy it was like taking yeah life. it was just mind-blowing <laughs> it was like taking a trip back to like dude that's seriously like so epic 1200 bc or something or ad i mean <laughs> go have like you got paid to like basically just go and have a bunch of fun and just like pretend to be like in some movie <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> dude that is seriously yeah. so amazing um what's the worst thing that's ever happened i know you in mexico you're eating eating some some street food and everything was going very well and i'm curious what the worst thing that's ever happened while you're traveling was and i imagine this might be it <laughs> well, that was definitely one of them. So Mexico, I was there for two months, and I was eating street food the entire time, totally fine. And then I get up for a sunrise shoot in Cancun one morning, and the only thing that's open is McDonald's. So I go to McDonald's once and just get the most horrific food poisoning. <laughs> just, like, throwing up, diarrhea for... What like was the, 24 hours. What was the lesson learned there? Yeah, it was so brutal. It was just like, you s- <laughs> don't eat eggs. Stay away from Mickey <laughs> D's. <laughs> like, sitting there for the day. <laughs> yeah, Dude, stay right? away from McDonald's. It's dangerous. So, so, throughout all your travels around the world, have you ever found yourself in any extreme weather conditions? Yeah, so when I was in Peru, this was like, two weeks ago i was basically offline for five days in the andes uh i just had no signal there so during that time though there were three hurricanes and an earthquake right in my flight path to i was flying to yellowstone after so it was like i was gonna fly from peru to mexico city and mexico city to miami and then miami to denver colorado then denver to sheridan wyoming but Miami just got destroyed by a hurricane and then Mexico city got hit by an earthquake and it just like my mom was like just sorting all this chaos out while I was just gone. And <laughs> this had to have been her worst nightmare. That's like a mom's worst nightmare is like yeah. is out running around the world, <laughs> taking photos on mountaintops and 
there is hurricanes and earthquakes happening. Yeah. She probably was losing her mind. Well, so if I had like a manager, that would be really nice. But I have a momager <laughs> to sort that out <laughs> at the moment. But so, yeah. So basically, because of all those hurricanes and earthquakes, I had a new flight path, which was seven connecting flights. So basically seven cities in 24 hours, which is like it was a miracle that it all no flight got delayed and <laughs> I didn't like miss a connection flight because they were all within an hour of each other. And then I went Cusco, Lima, Lima to Bogota, Colombia, and then Bogota to Mexico City, Mexico City to Vancouver, Vancouver to Seattle, Seattle to Denver, Denver to Sheridan. <laughs> so it was just like my credit card got flagged right away. And <laughs> Like, yes. like suddenly I'm, I'm spending money in Lima, Colombia, and Mexico, and then suddenly back in Vancouver spending money. <laughs> just like, got Dude, how frustrating down. is that? When your credit card gets shut down and you yeah. know it's you, it's so frustrating. <laughs> you know? So annoying. So as soon as I got home from that trip, I actually got a second credit card. So if one gets shut down, they can just switch over to the other credit card. So, mm-hmm. but so frustrating so chaotic and during all this i had just come back from machu picchu where my legs got destroyed by these like mini horsefly things and so (laughs) my legs were just so swollen i could hardly walk and it was like just the most painful thing (laughs) i get i got to my hotel in denver that night and my legs were just like i couldn't walk i was icing my legs (laughs) just like no idea what was going on Wow. Yeah. So traveling's fun and it's great, but there it also has its downsides. Like yeah. getting sick and getting destroyed by massive horse flies that are eating your leg alive. No, they're like mini horse flies. They're like these things that you don't really notice at the time. And then the like about two hours after, you're like, oh my God, my legs hurt so much. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was a product of just going way too hard. Mm hmm just going seven cities and then also going from Peru straight to Wyoming was also pretty chaotic and still super fun though. That, yeah. Um, the ups and downs, lots of fun and a little bit of bad times here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Or should just say interesting times. Uh, (laughs) What do you struggle with, man, as an artist? Like we always spend so much time talking about all the great things, but like, what do you struggle with? Well, organization is a huge thing because as an, like I'm a scatterbrained artist. I'm just like, my brain is everywhere. I just get so distracted. I have ADD and just like, <laughs> so trying to get things done or organize things for me is, is very difficult sometimes. But I struggle with getting like editing done and time. And I just end up becoming so disorganized when I have like come back from a trip and I just have a million photos to edit. And it's just complete chaos but i somehow get by but i don't know (laughs) do you ever find yourself like in these like creative blocks where you're just like ah like just my art is coming together i definitely do when i'm when i was doing portrait photography and fashion stuff because you have to kind of think of a concept every time and there's hardly any models in vancouver and it's just super i don't know it's challenging to keep going with that but since i've started landscape stuff i think it's still still within nine months of me starting doing landscape stuff so i think it's still new enough that i haven't run into these creative blocks yet um 
definitely if I wasn't traveling, I would be running into these creative blocks with landscape stuff. But yeah. what's your vision for your art? <clears throat> like, where do I want to go with it? Or yeah, like, what do you? I mean, yeah, where do you want to go with it? And like, how do you? Like, what do you hope your art does for other people? I hope it inspires people to travel because there's so much to the world that everyone needs to see. And I hope it also gives them a better sense of taking care of the planet because, I don't know, it's so beautiful that you have to take care of it. And a lot of people don't take care of it. I also, I think my end goal is I want to go into film eventually. And my like end end goal is win an Oscar one day. But that's, that's the dream. But we'll, yeah. we'll slowly get there. In the meantime, I'm gonna just keep doing this because it's a lot of fun, dude. I love it. At least you got a you got a big hairy goal. Like you gotta have something. Like I think a lot of people limit their goals, and it's like, oh, you know, I want to travel to Europe one day, and like that's your like. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that that's wrong. Like that's cool. Like, but you shouldn't be afraid to like ha- like to have a large goal to go yeah. for. And uh, honestly, someone like yourself, dude, like I think you'll absolutely achieve that one day. And like um, even if even if I don't it'll still be so sick the journey to try and get there like it's all stuff i want to do so absolutely and yeah. at least you went for it dude when so many other people would just would be way too afraid to even try yeah. to attempt such an awesome feat so that'd be huge man thank uh, you props to you and <laughs> obviously we'll be watching you on that journey <laughs> okay what type of film real quick now i'm curious too what type of what type of films do you want to create do you know christopher nolan Yes. He did Inception, Interstellar. Yep. His stuff is Interstellar crazy. is so sick. Yeah. Dude, I love Interstellar. <laughs> but yeah, his stuff is crazy because it's just so mind-bending. His movies are just like, it makes you think, I want to do something like that. Just make people think and keep them kind of just thinking after they've watched the movie for a couple of days and just being like, figure stuff out after you've watched it. I don't know. Do you think you could achieve that and like, some short videos now like trying to like just come up with some interesting concepts in like a three to five minute short i've done i've done three short films that are worth watching <laughs> um, what I, are they tell us about so I, I haven't seen them yet the biggest one i've done called brain maker so it's about the day after my parents announced they were pregnant with me my dad was had a seizure and was diagnosed with an inoperable malignant brain tumor and so how he coped with it was he imagined he was an astronaut. And so the movie is about that story and it's half set in space and half on earth in like a hospital setting and a spaceship setting. So he's totally fine now. He's 20 years free of cancer and doing super well. So, but yeah, so we put that story up on Indiegogo um, and got 20 grand to fund the movie which sounds like a lot, but it's, it just disappears so quickly when you're making it. Right. But that's cool. Dude, the fact that, first of all, hold on. Congratulations. That's a Thank huge you. accomplishment. Like you put an Indiegogo up and you actually raised $20,000 to, to make this film happen. Like, dude, you are a go-getter. That is so exciting. You just got to gotta, you just gotta send it. That's yeah. the full send. <laughs> send it, bro. Full send. We like we did things like we built a full my buddy and I built a full size Mercury space capsule in my backyard and we built it to scale. So it's just like this huge there's like all these behind the scenes videos of it. If you search Brain Maker on Facebook, there's a Facebook page with all these behind the scenes videos. But we built all our own hospital rooms because no hospitals wanted to let a bunch of teenagers come in and film. <laughs> and so we just had to build it all ourselves and then 
but I think that really, really helped. Like you learn so much when you're doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was super cool, super fun. Um, and then we had a showing the opening night of the movie and it, we sold out a theater of like 450 people wow. in Vancouver. And we had the brain cancer associate or the yeah cancer foundation of Canada or something was there. Um, they did a little talk at the beginning and then my dad got up on stage and sort of told his story to kind of give the movie context. And then we showed the film and then my buddy and I that made it, we went up there and like kind of showed behind the scenes of how we made it kind of scene by scene. It was definitely the biggest project I've ever done because it was, it took three years to make. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's insane. Did, uh, did Justin show up? Your guys is was he your prime minister? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, let me know. You got a movie premiered? I'll text Justin and tell him to swing by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, that it is really that's wicked. I had no idea that you've done that before. Yeah, I've got so I got two other short films, but they're just random. Like one's an experimental movie set in medieval times that we made and it was kind of just makes no sense but it looks really cool um and another one is one i made in like grade 10 or 9 and it's set in world war one which is so hard to do because (laughs) setting something in world war one is so expensive but when you're in grade 10 you have no money so you make do yeah we just had to build all our own sets and got all the costumes from the thrift shop and yeah Dude, that's, that's kind of the best. I feel like when I was, I feel like some of the times I've been the most creative is like when we've been the brokest, oh, like yeah, when we had no sure. money. Cause you have to be so resourceful. Yeah. So like you just like, you go so hard cause you're like, we have to make this happen. So yeah. you're like hitting up every person, you know, oh, yeah. using their cars, houses, this place, that place. Yeah. And like you just, you pull it all together and you make it happen. And that's like, that's super, super exciting. And like, I challenge people to, to always, even if you have the money for projects, like I think it's always wise to like try to be as resourceful as possible because yeah. like you'd be like, like you said, that 20 grand was gone so fast. Yeah. And like if you can make it stretch by being, yeah, by, <laughs> yeah. by not spending a ton of money and trying to be more resourceful and making it spread out more to do more yeah. than that's always a win. Would you, would a dream for you to be like, to have like a warehouse to where you would have like a, like base could be able to just create with different sets and film just different scenes and stuff just by that creating be, sets. And that'd be sick. I think I'd say not a dream for me right now, just cause I'm not really doing that at the moment, right. but definitely when I'm starting to pick up the whole film side of things, right. I want to do that. That'd be really cool. Dude, that's epic. Well, Dude, we, I could obviously talk to you about a ton of other things. Maybe we'll do a second episode. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> just to wrap everything up, like what are, what are some words of wisdom that you would give to your peers about that, you know, want to be doing what you're doing and trying to figure it out and they just can't understand, you know, how to achieve these different things. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you tell them to inspire them to get out there and take action? I think if you're passionate enough about something, don't worry about the money side of things. You're going to, if you do it enough and just keep doing it, eventually the money will come. Because I think that's what stops a lot of people is, oh, I'd love to do this, but that's never going to make me a living. But I 
spent two years of my life just doing free shoots and just meet as many people as I can, work with as many people as I can, and eventually the money starts coming. And like this year, especially, it started to pick up a lot. If you're passionate about it, just keep doing it until you succeed. I love it, brother. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more. But until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together.